All right, guys, welcome back. Welcome back to the Commercial Finance uh, Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a few questions that I uh, receive just in regular business uh, from clients and prospective clients. And the primary thing that uh, people ask is, why in the heck is my interest rate so high? Okay. Why is it that, you know, my interest rate is is, uh, 6%? um, You know, hey, I thought that if I went to purchase a purchase, uh, a property or a blanket of properties, um, that I would be able to get, you know, four and a quarter, four and a half percent. And the truth is this, guys, when it comes to uh, investment real estate, when it comes to uh, home equity lines of credit, credit cards, uh, business loans, all that, all that stuff, there, there are different rates for that than what you would have for, for, you know, let's say a house. Okay. So I want people to understand when someone says something like, you know, hey, our rate is going to be the Wall Street Journal Prime plus two or Wall Street Journal Prime plus a quarter. I want to explain what that really means. And I want to kind of cut away all the jargon and give you guys the real definition so that um, as you all are either building your businesses, expanding, you know, deciding what loan to take, that kind of stuff, uh, adding more assets to, to your portfolio, you can be more educated on how interest rates really work, um, and then basically what it's all based off of, okay? So first, I'm gonna read you guys an example, um, not an example, excuse me, I'm read you guys uh, what I consider a great explanation that comes from uh, bankrate.com. It says that for prime rate and federal, and federal funds rates, says the prime rate, as reported by the Wall Street Journal's bank survey, is among the most widely used benchmark in setting home equity line lines of credit and credit card rates. And I want to add to that as well, um, it's also used for a lot of commercial uh, finance rates as well, okay? It is in turn based on federal funds rates, which is set by the Federal Reserve, the COFI, the 11th District Cost of Funds Index, okay, that's what that stands for is a widely used benchmark for adjustable rate mortgages, okay? Now, let's talk about this. What does that mean exactly? So as of today, today is February 3rd of 2019, uh, the Wall Street Journal's prime rate is at a five and a half, okay? In other words, that's 5.50, cool? So here's, here's, here's how, we, how we can look at this. The Wall Street Journal and other publications in uh, the finance markets, but especially Wall Street, they communicate with other banks. And we should expect that, right? When they communicate with, with, with other banks, they take a survey, as you guys heard, from the, normally from the top 23 banks, and it depends uh, on the market. But they take a survey of the top 23 banks to get an idea of where banks are most comfortable with lending their money, okay? So although uh, if you're working with us or you're working with another uh, finance group and you're looking for an investment loan, although uh, that loan is not coming directly from, let's say, Bank of America, let's say Chase and any, other big, any, any of the other bigger banks, even that money is not coming directly from those institutions, keep in mind that the private individuals who have put their or clustered or put their money together, raise their money, uh, to have it lent out to others, to lend out to others, they're gonna they're gonna use a common you know common use benchmark. Okay, likewise, kind of give you guys an example. 
uh, when it comes to just a regular property, standard single family detached home, um, and you're looking for the value. You look at the value of other homes or properties in that area, right? That's the same thing as using a benchmark, okay? For example, if it says that, hey, in this particular area, in this zip code, on this block, uh, three bedroom, two bath houses are going for a quarter of a, quarter of a million dollars, $250,000. Um, that's a benchmark, right? So you're not gonna necessarily uh, sell your asset for less than the benchmark, are you? Unless it's you know a distressed asset, you wouldn't do that, okay? Therefore, the banks do the same exact thing. So, and therefore the lenders, the private lenders normally do the same exact thing. A private lender is not going to lend you money on your investment property. If they're looking to package the, the loan and possibly sell it down the road, down the road they're not, there is no way that it will be good practical business sense if the, if the benchmark for the day of that loan being written is five and a half for them to give you a, a, a rate of four and a quarter, okay? That doesn't work for commercial loans. Now, the reason that most commercial loans are adjustable is because commercial loans are viewed as more risky. They're higher risk, okay? Why is it higher risk? Well, because uh, if you have a tenant in that property or if you, uh, let's say you, this, this is a great example actually, in the, in the Midwest for sure. So for Ohio and Indiana, there was a very, very big uh, grocery store chain called, um, oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank on, on their name. Just, just, it was just a couple years ago. Um, it wasn't Meyer, but it was, uh, give me one second guys, because this is really going to bother me. I need, I need to go ahead and, uh, Midwest, this is really going to bother me. I'm not pulling it up. It was called Marsh. Thank you. Whew. All right. So Marsh was a really, really big grocery store chain in the Midwest. So Ohio, Indiana, um, so forth. So what happened was that um, investors, people who are looking to you know get a return on get a return on their investment, they would go and beforehand if they heard that Marsh wanted to uh, open up a new market and let's say uh, a new town, a new city, whatever, right? They would go ahead and purchase property that meets the qualifications that Marshall, Marshall wants, okay? And the investors would not only purchase the properties, but they would build out the stores for the tenant. And that's, that's pretty common, right? If, if, uh, if you're an investor and you, and you prefer to invest in retail and you hear that AT&T wants to expand in your area, you may go ahead and purchase property that uh, AT&T would like to have and then build it out, right? And so normally on that lease, it's beneficial for the investor because what? They add that money or that cost uh, of, of rehab or renovation into the lease, okay? Cool. So normally, you know, that, you know, normally these investors are, get, are getting uh, very favorable cap rates and returns by doing this, okay? Now, the scary thing, like a Marsh or like a Kmart or like a Sears or like a uh, Macy's and a few other um, big, big, big box chains that are going out of business now. The, the scary thing is what happens when 
that uh, that that company just kaput, you know, goes out of business, right? What happens when Macy's chooses to close another hundred stores? What happens when Starbucks actually is closing a few stores in, in the first quarter of this year? What happens when, when that happens? Well, the, that retail space becomes vacant. And that's why the rates are normally higher because it's considered risky. Now, I want you, to, I want you guys to understand this too. You know, you may say, well, hey, you know, uh, my friend, my cousin, my uncle just did a, uh, a $10 million deal where their rate was, you know, it wasn't 8%, the rate was 5%. The rate was uh, 5 and 3 fourths, right? Normally what happens for a risk tolerance is that the bigger the deal, the less of the liability for the investor. What that means is, is that because it's a larger deal, because it's larger meat on the bone, most banks are willing to take more risk, okay? They, they're saying, hey, it's more likely that if we uh, facilitate a 10 million transaction for a commercial building, it is more likely that there are more people who are interested in, in buying that $10 million commercial property than people who may be interested in buying just a quarter of a million dollars, $250,000 worth of real estate uh, in a smaller market, okay? And I hope that makes sense. So the reason that the rates for smaller deals are larger is because the, the same headache that a bank would go through in a foreclosure process, uh, repositioning it, selling it, uh, fighting through a bankruptcy, taking, taking possession of a property, all that stuff, and they've been up a foreclosure, is the same process they, would, process they would go through in a larger deal as well. It's just that the larger deal is more attractive to more investors. And so, for example, in, in the example of the $10 million, if that individual defaults, okay, they have a deficiency, um, they have a judgment, and they just kind of walk away from the property, the bank will actually get another investor to buy that property, literally like within a matter of 60 days or less, but at a discount. Okay. Whereas that smaller um, property, the bank can, can can buy more time because it's a smaller deal. It's not that big of a blip on their balance sheet. Okay. So the urgency to move that asset, or really, that, I guess that liability now because it's not producing money. The, the you know the urgency it's not as it's not as important. Okay. Because that smaller balance doesn't have a huge factor on their liabilities. The $10 million one certainly does, all right? So that's the reason, you know, with the whole interest rate thing. So people, you know, they're like, man, I don't understand why these rates are are like this, blah, blah, blah. And I want you guys to understand this. Believe it or not, before I was born, in the 50s and the 60s, um, interest rates were actually much higher than what they are now. And people still uh, purchase businesses, people still invest in real estate, People still started businesses. There are still successful businesses till this day that have that actually started in that time period. So it's not the the interest rate. In all honesty, should never should never stop you from expanding your portfolio. It may uh, have you adjust your strategy as a investor or as a business owner, but it shouldn't stop you. You just may have to adjust your strategy because if. You know, in the if if in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, uh, they had interest rates that were in the double digits. There's no reason why 7% interest rate should stop you from expanding expanding your, your portfolio. What that just means is that uh, as an operator, you don't have confidence enough 
to um, pro- properly manage that asset with, with with that amount of debt. That's that's exactly what that means. And so that's an internal problem or more education that you have to, you know, basically develop and, and become more comfortable to, to take on. So just a quick review. Um, the interest rates are set by the Federal Reserve. All right, we got that. The prime rate or the benchmark is where there are the top banks um, basically let Wall, the Wall Street Journal know, hey, listen, this is what we're comfortable with lending money at. Now, that's the comfortability for what's considered um, adjustable rate mortgages or higher interest mortgages or higher risk mortgages or higher risk loans, such as our business loans, such as um, investment loans, like for, for commercial property or commercial real estate or, um, you know, a single family house that you're renting out for for profit. Okay. Now, the reason that it's it's not it's considered not risky for uh, someone to live in a home, um, you know, where it's just them. And, and, and to me, that's actually more risky. But the reason, the reason it's less risky for the bank is because of a little thing called the government and FHA. Keep in mind that a lot of homes that are single family detached homes that have loans on them, they're normally FHA loans, okay? And as we all know, the reason that you have to put three and a half percent down as a down payment is because the bank takes care of the other uh, 96%. Not the bank, excuse me. Technically, the, uh, the, Fed, the not Federal Reserve, technically the, um, the United States is guaranteeing 96%, 97% of the actual loan, okay? And so that's why it's less risk for the bank. So technically on those deals, like a, single, like a single family house and so forth, the bank is actually only on the hook truly for that three and a half percent, which you cover that liability when you put that as a down payment. All right. So hope that makes sense. If you guys have any more questions, comments, concerns, you want more explanations, I'm here. Um, definitely feel free to email me. You guys can uh, uh, certainly visit the website at lee-chandler.com. That's L-E-E-C-H-A-N-D-L-E-R.com. You can email me at Leland, L-E-L-A-N-D, at lee-chandler.com. If you have any questions or if you want to get in, get in contact with me uh, or learn about more of the deals that, that we lend on and, and facilitate. Thanks so much for your time. And I want to wish all you guys a happy first quarter, happy new year. And I hope you guys are ready to expand, expand and grow your portfolio. Peace.